Welcome to the Family Bible Journey. If you're interested in seeing how the journaling that we mentioned in the podcast works, check out our website at familybiblejourney.com or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. When you see the logo, you found our page and you will see lots of posts that we update regularly from the podcast Journal Bible. Thanks for listening. This is episode 36, season one of the Family Bible Journey Old Testament podcast. Today we're looking at Genesis chapter 44. The title of today's podcast is A Trap is Set. Our key verses for today's podcast are the first two verses of our chapter. Then Joseph commanded the steward of his house, Fill the men's sacks with food as much as they can carry and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack and put my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the sack of the youngest with his money for the grain. And he did as Joseph told him. This is the word of the Lord. So after a wonderful day of feasting and celebration with his brothers, completely in disguise, of course, Joseph, as he sends them on their way with the grain that they had come to Egypt to procure, lays a trap, and it is a, a wonderful trap that he is going to use to test the quality of his brother's character. We know that despite his history with his brothers being difficult at best, he has done his best to care for them and to care for his father, who he loved dearly through them, but in this chapter, he is going to really, really drive them or push them past their limits to see if they have changed at all since the days that they sold him into slavery. The chapter begins with Joseph telling his captain, the steward who is in charge of his house, to put his silver cup, the one that he had used in that dinner that they had celebrated so much the day before, put it in the sack of the youngest and put every man's money back into his sack and fill them with as much as they can carry. And so the men leave their sacks full of grain. I kind of wonder why after the first time they didn't check those grain sacks when they left. You know, they money was put back in the sacks the first time. Maybe they were hoping the same thing would happen again. I don't know. But for whatever reason, they get a little ways away. And then the steward comes after them. And he accuses them of stealing from Joseph. The brothers protest. They maintain they are innocent. But the steward would have nothing of it. And so he goes through the sacks of each man, starting with the eldest and going all the way to the youngest. And you could imagine that as he was going through the sacks and they found, oh, there's the money again. Okay, we've been here before. No big deal. Nothing to worry about. He goes through the first, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth sack. Their hopes would be rising that this would just be a ruse, that there would have been a mistake. But when he opens up Benjamin's sack, there is the silver cup, Joseph's own cup there in Benjamin's sack, and the men tear their clothes. That is an ancient expression of complete grief and brokenness. They tear their robes because in the questioning and at the beginning of this whole episode, they had said the man in whose sack the cup is found should be killed. The steward didn't take that. He said that he would be a servant for Joseph. And so when the cup is found in Benjamin's sacks, they are all destroyed. They are distraught. They cannot fathom the pain, the grief, and the suffering that this unfortunate turn of events is going to cause their gray-haired father up in Canaan, who is starving, trusted them with his sons, and now is going to lose Benjamin. And so they return to the presence of Joseph. Joseph again accuses them of stealing And he says that he has the ability to practice divination, that he would have known, and they should have known that he would have known that they were stealing from him. And they they didn't deny it. They didn't try to 
work out of it. No, they actually accepted the responsibility because the proof was in the sack. The proof was the cup in the sack. And they didn't try to dodge that fact. And so we're going to paraphrase a bunch of verses 24 to 32 and look at how this conversation between Joseph and his brother Judah goes. I do have in our notes here on verse 18, one of those kairos, because Judah is going to stand up. He is going to stand and speak on behalf of the brothers, and he is going to offer himself in place of Benjamin. We have that red Cairo because we know that this is, of course, what Jesus has done for us by taking our punishment and our sin upon himself, and therefore he is a type of Christ in this. Also interesting that Judah, who is the fourthborn, is the one who is speaking for the family. Why is that? Well, Reuben had had an affair with one of his father's wives. That's a no-no, and so he was not in good standing. Simeon and Levi, they were the ones who had instigated the attack when they were back in Bethel that aroused their father's fear and forced them to move further south into Palestine. And so those two men were were unstable and, and violent, and so apparently they weren't qualified to speak for the brothers. And so Judah here rises to the fore as the fourth of Israel's sons, and the tribe of Judah, we will see, is going to rise to the fore much later in the Old Testament. And so we see another one of those patterns beginning to play out right here in this conversation. And so Judah says to his brother Joseph, Oh, my Lord, please let your servant speak a word in your Lord's ears and let not your anger burn against your servant, for you are like Pharaoh himself. My Lord asked his servant, saying, Have you a father or a brother? And we said to my Lord, We have a father, an old man, a young brother, the child of his old age. His brother is dead, and he alone is left to his mother's children, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, Bring him down to me, that I may set my eyes on him. We said to my Lord, The boy cannot leave his father, for if he does, his father would die. And then you said, Unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you shall not see my face again. And so we went back, told your words to our father. And when we told him that we cannot go down unless Benjamin, our youngest brother, goes with us, we will not get to see your face. And then my father said to us, You know that my wife bore me two sons. One left me, and I said, surely he has been torn to pieces, and I have never seen him since. So here in verse 28, this may be the very first time that Joseph hears the lie that they told the father. He knows now that they told his father that he had been torn to pieces by a wild animal, and I'm not sure that that would have been known to him before that. So how that revelation to him, what was the lie that they told the father when they sold him into slavery? Now he knew the lie that they had told him. And then Judah continues, if you take this one also from me, and harm happens to him, you will bring down my gray hairs in evil to Sheol. Judah just lays it out as it is, and he puts it right at the feet of Joseph. If you don't let our brother go back to his father, our father is going to die. And Judah went on to say that he had offered himself as a pledge for the safety of Benjamin. And we have on verse 33 another one of those red kairos because here Judah is going to literally offer himself. He says, Now therefore, please let your servant remain instead of the boy as a servant to my Lord, and let the boy go back to his brothers. For how can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? I fear to see the evil that would find my father. And so Joseph here has his brothers doing for Benjamin, the youngest, what they were not willing to do for him when they sold him into slavery. These are changed men. It's the very same men who had sold him into slavery, but here he sees that they cannot bear the thought of anything bad happening to their brother, Benjamin. And he has a terrible dilemma on his hands. 
the brothers have a dilemma because they're trying to get out of here with Benjamin. Even if that means Judah or even all the rest stay behind, they're going to do what they can to protect the life of their youngest brother. And Joseph, overcome with emotion, has to render a decision that is going to change the life of this family forever. And that's where the chapter ends. Joseph confronting his brothers and seeing that they have indeed changed their tune. They are different. They are not the same sorts of men who, in their anger and hatred of him, sold him into slavery. No, they are now willing to lay down their own lives for the life of their younger brother. The respect, the love, the honor that they should have shown him, they are now showing his truly biological brother, Benjamin, and he is cut to the heart. And we're going to leave it there because we're going to see how this concludes in our next podcast. But before we leave for the day, a blessing. If you appreciate this podcast as a part of your daily routine and would like to become a monthly sponsor so that others are blessed as you are by the podcast, go to familybiblejourney.com to learn more. Sponsorships are tax deductible and cover our operating expenses like hosting and the services that make this podcast work. Our blessing for today. When you have to choose between doing what's easy or doing what's right, may God give you courage and strength to do the right thing. Amen.